And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm with Matthew D'Angelantoni. I'm with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, and we are here for the NFC preview this time. We had the AFC posted last week. NFC preview's coming along right now. We're still playing the same game. It's Brian versus Dangles in the MFK to end all MFKs. Last week, Brian won the AFC battle. Dangles did not have a good showing. Dangles, are you going to do better this week? I hope so. I really hope so. Now that I have a sense of what this game is actually going to be like and how I basically have to tweak my uh, my beliefs based on what I think you think, uh-huh. uh, then you know hopefully we'll, we'll do a little bit better. But there is, there is a little bit of fun in me and just giving you the proverbial middle finger and doing what I want and 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 issuing your ridiculous predictions like that the Raiders are are going to be a middling team in the West or that the Colts won't win the South. Which, Colts as stink. I texted you yesterday, the Football Power Index on ESPN has the Colts at a 36 percent chance to win the AFC South. That is six percent higher than the second place team, the Tennessee Titans. So. Maybe, I'm not that crazy. Maybe they don't know Andrew Luck's injured as well. Brian, how you feel about this week? I feel great. I feel great. I'm I feel as though that the uh, NFC is our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. We know a lot mm-hmm. about it. I'm excited to hear what uh, Dangles has to say, but I feel like there's going to be some really interesting opportunities in some of these divisions to I, I don't know, throw some curveballs. There's a lot. There are, I it was very hard going through these uh these schedules and th- thinking about who's going to fall. I think the NFC South is a absolute m- Minefield. It's awesome. Absolutely it's really hard. Minefield. It's, awesome. it's really hard. The NFC East isn't terribly easy no. this year. And I got to tell you, Hard Knocks is kind of throwing me for a loop a little it bit. It always does. I, it always does. I'm thinking like, oh man, but you know, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, he's kind of he's he's doing all those extra throws at the at the end. Of, yeah, but at you'd the end say that. Would you? Wouldn't you say that about just about any team if you got to watch them as That's closely? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. As closely. Absolutely. In fact, it made me think to myself, I I wish I could be like um like a like a king, you know, this a reporter that goes to every camp oh, yeah. and yeah. sit back. We talked about this at the Chargers camp when we saw him. You know, wouldn't it be amazing to be that? kind kind of uh, a reporter that goes to every camp and gets the inside scoop, the inside look, see the culture in every in every you know locker room, every coaching staff. Uh, I, it would it would probably surprise you in who you actually feel really confident about and who you don't feel really confident about. I'll tell you, I don't really feel confident about any of my picks in the NFC. I felt extremely confident about my AFC predictions. This is NFC one. I don't even know if I have all the correct answers for this MFK game. And if you didn't listen to the AFC podcast last week, it's up on our website, which is www. LeftCoastersPodcast.com. Gene Makovsky, again, thank you for the new theme song that you guys heard coming through your eardrums. It is wonderful. We're also on Facebook at the Left Coasters Podcast, on Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast, and on Twitter at Left Coasters Pod. As for the NFC stuff, we play uh, we play the game Mary Fuck Kill. We're going to give you four divisional teams. Each division has four teams. Dangles and Brown are going to pick one team to marry, one team that they think is going to win it all in that division. They're going to pick one team to bang, one team to take home for a little fun night that maybe interests them just for a little while, and then one team to kill, one team that has no shot of doing anything of relevance this NFL season. And Dangles is going to like them. Dangles last week uh, forced Brian to leave the studio, and the door is actually closer to Brian today, so he may even have a shorter walk away when Dangles picks. I don't know. He was sitting in the same seat last week as he or last time as he is this time. But to give Dangles (laughs) some credit, a picture. To give Dangles some credit, I think there's so much parity in this in this conference that I don't think there's going to be anybody. I don't know. You might prove me wrong, but I don't think there's anybody in this conference that you could swing for the fence. I feel good about today. I know I'm usually the statistical dumping ground for the two of you, but I really feel I really feel good about today. Before we go to the uh, divisional breakdown. I want to 
have a little tester, Mary, a little appetizer, Mary, fuck, kill for you Ooh. guys, okay? Ooh. We have seen a lot of preseason games these past few weeks, and we've seen a lot of these rookie quarterbacks step up and play. Real NFL minutes. Yes, it's preseason, but everyone here is fighting for a job, and so they're gunning for it hard. So I'm going to give you four rookie quarterbacks that have shown their stuff ooh, in ooh. the preseason right now. You're going to marry, fuck, kill them. I don't Fun. need stats. I don't. I just want what your heart feels, and that's it. We're going to get in and out with this. So your four quarterbacks are Mitchell Trubisky of the Chicago Bears, Pat Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, and Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland. Marry, fuck, kill. Brian, you're up first. Give me all three. I am marrying Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. I'm fucking Mahomes. Mm. And I am killing Kaiser. Wow. Uh, before you move on, Dangles, I agree with you 100% on those. I was expecting to be really different with you. Kaiser, to me, looks like he has happy feet in the pocket, and I'm worried to see how he actually plays in real NFL games. He played like really good last preseason game as the starter, but... I'm not a huge fan of his... Uh, I think I think they're purposefully playing him because they don't they know they don't need to win in Cleveland. But he makes he makes throws that, he, that are mind-blowingly good, and then he makes a couple throws here and there that are mind-blowingly rookie-esque. Yeah, Dangles, are you different bad. in any way? Um, no, I'm... Well, I mean, I, I may differ in a little bit. I am definitely also marrying Mitch Trubisky. He looks because awesome. I think, I think out of of all the rookie quarterbacks I've seen, he has looked incredibly and good. And he runs a pure, he, like, pure run, play action, like, full gamut offense. I don't think Glennon should be playing. No. No, absolutely I, I, not. I, I almost, I wonder, I mean, what if there is still going to be that, you know, I mean, obviously the amount of money they paid Mike Glennon, it's kind of hard to sit him on the bench. And he looks but, poised. But if, I'm, looks the, poised. but if I'm the coach of the Chicago Bears... I'm not front office is not my job. I'm putting yep. in the guy who is going to give me the best chance yep. to win every week. And right now, at least preseason wise, that looks like Mitch Trubisky. Right, so, so I'm marrying, marrying Mitch Trubisky. Mitch. Uh, I'm actually going to fuck Deshaun Watson. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. Just, just I, th- I don't know if he's had enough opportunities to to really prove himself yet. I think once we see him in an NFL game, we're going to see what this kid is really made of. And I've just I was always impressed with him in college. Admittedly, I didn't watch as much of uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, as yeah. I. As yeah. I did of uh, uh, of Deshaun Watson because they're you know obviously on TV a lot more. I love what I've seen out of Pat Mahomes. Um, I just I, I don't I don't know I don't know that he has that it factor the way that Deshaun Watson does. And for me that uh, that's, that's I think what puts him over over the edge. And then I'm also going to kill Deshaun Kaiser because wow. despite the fact that he had such a good good game the other day, I've seen the happy feet in the pocket. He doesn't look comfortable yet back there. And for as bad as Brock Osweiler is, he can at least drop back into the pocket and be comfortable and find a receiver. Getting the ball into that receiver's hands is a completely different story for Brock I'm Osweiler. Happy. But it's amazing that we're killing the first of these quarterbacks to be named an outright starter. All right. Well, that's uh, that's your little appetizer for the Mary Fuck Kill, but now it's time to get to the real stuff. Here we go. We're jumping into the NFC West, and I'm very, very excited. Boys, are you ready? Let's, Let's do it. Let's ram it. Left Coasters. All right, the NFC West. Dangles, hit the music. Yes. The battle for L.A. starts with the team that paved the way. The Rams charge forward under the guide of Sean McVay. Jared Goff needs to improve and show signs early. What would help is the return of the playmaker Todd Gurley. The Seahawks will punch him in the mouth and stuff him in a locker. Pete Carroll can make situations more difficult than Gaylord Falker. Carson Palmer and David Johnson will force games into a shootout, but their drop-off from past years leaves many with much doubt. And the 49ers have LA's number and continue to eat us like pork, even under the guise of the buffoon Jed York. 
Football is back in California, and boys, it's time to pick what team is ahead. Give me one to off, one to bang, and one with whom you will be wed. Brian, you're up first. Who will you marry in the NFC West? <laughs> well done, first well of done, all, first of on all. that intro. That was impressive. Yeah, I got to give you props for that. That was very, very good. Uh, high fives. Well, to uh, start us off here, I am marrying, I am wedding, in fact, the Seattle Seahawks. Really? Yes. Okay. How could you not? Keep going. Eleven and five. Eleven and five. Um, I, I just you know put a cap on it. I think the Seahawks are the most equipped in that division. Um, I think Russell Wilson's working with a full stable. I think their offensive line's better than it were last year. I think they've got um, a solid defense. That defensive line, and I, and people talk about the Legion of Boom taking a step back. They're still better than I don't know. Twenty-two teams can't take away the Legion of Boom. Twenty-two, twenty-five teams, uh, defensive backfields. So no love lost there. I think they've got uh, good special teams. I, I think the only thing the Seattle Seahawks are going to have to worry about is if they lose a key player like a Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, oh, yeah. if Russell Wilson yeah. goes down, your your season's over with. And 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 I think that's the um, that's the reality of having such a, a good team. But um, that's. Marry the Seattle Seahawks. Marry the Seahawks. Dangles. I'm also marrying the Seattle Seahawks wow, in this division. Down in the Why Seahawks. are you surprised by this? I don't uh, understand. And and part, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what Brian said. Earl Thomas is back and he's healthy again. That's a huge addition back to that secondary. Which, and the rest of that defense is mostly still there from the Legion of Boone. They lost a couple of pieces, um, but they're still one of the top defensive units in the entire NFL. I don't think you can argue with that. Absolutely. Uh, in addition, you've got Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls, who, if they are both healthy, and in Eddie Lacy's case, if he is within team defined weight parameters, they could be a really, really scary two-headed running attack. They've both shown flashes of brilliance in the past and shown that they could be a feature back in a respective offense. They have one of the weaker schedules in the NFL as well. That's another reason why I'm, I'm giving them the Mary, and I think they're just going to have a kind of an easy time winning it given their division uh, their division rivals. So I am marrying the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're uh, probably a 10-11 to 11 win team. You also look at what Russell Wilson did last year. I think he's probably disappointed in himself. He knows he's better than the numbers that he put up last year. I think he's going to look to make better on that this season okay well uh the results are in fellas and if i haven't showed my hand already you're both incorrect the team to marry in the nfc west is none other than the red arizona cardinals Mm -hmm. the arizona cardinals are going to be so good this year then here's the thing i'll talk about the seahawks in another section because the arizona cardinals last year as you know i love their record in one score games and it was two five and one aka two and six in one score games that's going to come back to the mean The difference between the Arizona Cardinals was they were world beaters in 2015 with an amazing offense and an amazing defense. And then injuries beset them, and they just started off on the wrong foot against the Jimmy Garoppolo-led New England Patriots and started the season from hell. We're coming back to fruition here for Arizona. In 2015, in past DVOA, they were third in the league. In 2016, they were 27th in past DVOA. They're not going to be 27th again. There's too many playmakers on that team. Carson Palmer on throws down the field 16 plus yards was had a QB at a passer rating of 103.7 in 2015. He had a, the same passer rating at 68.3 in 2016. Carson Palmer will not reach the goals that he had in 2015, but he will be better than he was last year. His offensive line is healthy to start off the year. David Johnson might be one of the best running backs in football. And he has a plethora of wide receivers that don't have any more sickle cell problems and back problems that beset them last year. There's no DUIs on that team anymore. This team is coming back with a vengeance. I believe in Bruce Arians, and I believe Arizona, with a very easy beginning of their schedule, goes on a run and starts beating people up. I love Arizona this year. So It's, hard to, say, it's, it's hard to argue with that. I think the X factor to me is Carson Palmer. 
Yes, absolutely. So much of the Arizona Cardinals' success or failure rises and falls with his health mm-hmm. and his consistency. This wouldn't go ahead. Because, well, no, because I'm just going mean, because you think about who's who else is in the stable there. Your backups are Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert. Absolutely. So yeah, once, but, once but, if he goes down, David Johnson can't do it all on true, his own. And you He's, just said if Russell goes down, they're in trouble. You can't talk about but injuries. Russell talk about, talk yeah, but, about consistency. Yes, but, I think he comes back to consistency. But Russell Wilson doesn't get hit. Like Carson Palmer does, he had a plethora of injuries on that old line. They're all back now. I understand, uh, but but at the same time, I just think Carson Palmer is not in his. He's on the Russell's in a better position to succeed than than Carson is. I and, think given the t- given the teams that they have, the pieces that they have, their offensive lines are about equal, if you ask me. Yes, um, I disagree. And there, and I, I, I mean, I think Seattle's. I, I think Seattle's offensive line is a little bit better if you look at it. But. Seattle's offensive line is terrible. All right, let's move on to fuck. I, I'm gonna start ruining Seattle here. Let's okay. move on to fuck. So, gentlemen. Who are you fucking? Uh, let's go with Dangles first. I'm fucking the Los Angeles Rams yeah. this year. I love right, it. Let's talk about LA. Yeah, let's all right, talk here we go. Let's talk a little bit Cue about the bumper. LA. Now, let's remember, let's remember here for one quick moment that fuck does not mean that you think they're necessarily going to be the wild card. You're just taking them home for the you're night. Just, yeah, you're having fun. I love this team this year. <laughs> Is it bold? Probably. Because they're either unproven or uncertain on almost every single level of the football, uh, But they, uh, except for the defense, and even that's a question mark without Aaron Donald. But there's just something about this team. They've got a young, hungry coach and quarterback who both want to win and prove everyone wrong who says they're going to suck. Jared Goff has, by all accounts, spent the entire offseason uh, uh, studying, learning the offense, trying to figure out how to you know, make better reads. Cooper Cup has looked incredible during the preseason. The addition of a true wide receiver one in Sammy Watkins gives him actual people to throw to and takes pressure off of Todd Gurley to do everything offensively. And once you get Aaron Donald signed, which they'll absolutely do, I think this is just a pick contest at the, between Les Snead and Donald at this point. Uh, once they get him signed, I mean, you've got Wade Phillips. He's a huge piece of the puzzle. I think he's going to bring the experience. He's churned out top 10 defenses year after year after year. The thing is, they must win at the Coliseum. Uh, last year, they were 1-7 at home. And the first year in a new stadium, that's a terrible place to yep. watch. I haven't played football there. I can't speak for what it's like to play there, but if it's as bad as it is watching it there, then, you know, I okay, first year, you can get away with that as an excuse. This year, no more. Uh, you're going to have to win at home if you want to uh, stand a chance. But I love what this team has done so far in the preseason. They've showed signs that they can be good, and I don't think that they're going to win more than six games. But I think that that I think that's probably the ceiling for them. But I love this Rams team, so I'm all fucking right. the Los Angeles Rams. Ballerina, do you agree? No, I don't. I appreciate all that he said, and 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 I want to root for the LA Rams, and I will be uh, screaming at the top of my lungs rooting for Jared Goff. But I am fucking the Arizona Cardinals, Tony, for a lot of the same reasons you said. But the reason why I have not put them up, and it's the same reason why Bruce Arians uh, called out his wide receiver core and said, you're only good when you're available. They will be a great team. They will be a playoff team. They will be 9-7. and seven. They will be 10-6 ten, ten and six if they can get that, uh, that those wideouts, the, the football. Mm-hmm. That requires Carson Palmer to stand upright, and that requires David Johnson to take the relief off of that. So a lot is contingent on that offensive line to help everybody else out. But if they can stay healthy, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be great. I mean, remember we put a lot of faith in them last year. Mm-hmm. They were that team last year. I, we were, absolutely. I put them in the Super Bowl last yeah, year. So we there's were no all really burned by them. There's no bigger fan of the Arizona Cardinals than Brian Belzerini, the ballerina himself. However, the problem is is that Carson Palmer has unfortunately disappointed in the twilight of his career. Yeah. He's a good quarterback, but remember he's a former first-round draft pick who still has never lived up to that. And who's likely in his last season. And mind you, he's never been a top-tier quarterback. 
Never has Carson Palmer been a top two tier quarterback. The only time he's ever been considered that way is once he got to Arizona. In then 2015, in yeah. 2015, yeah. in that one year, exactly. Yeah. I, I understand. So, All right, so, so there you go. So you're fucking Arizona. You are fucking the Rams. I tried so hard to fuck the Rams, my man. I really did. But with marrying Arizona, it left you Seattle versus the Los Angeles yeah, Rams. Yeah, and that's yeah. And I here's the thing why I don't like Seattle as much. For two reasons. One, that offensive line is terrible, and they lost their plan starting left tackle, who was a converted tight end. Lost him for the season. So now you're already starting a backup. And that backup is a Luke Jockel. Luke Jockel couldn't make it in Jacksonville. Yeah, he was a th- he was the third overall pick, though. I mean, I don't think he, you can write him off just because I can write he was injury-plagued in, injury in Jacksonville. They, he never played a full a reason season. He's still on the I team. Look at his think contract you can. right I, now. I don't you think, think— You think what Jacksonville has been handed on free agency— I don't they think he wanted give? to play in Jacksonville. All right. Luke Jockel stinks. Seattle offensive line stinks. You're also betting on Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls to have a healthy season for the first time since they were born. Okay? You're planning on those two guys to be healthy running backs for the whole year. I love Russell. Russell had a terrible season last year. Granted, you can say it was because of a bad offensive line and bad running backs. I think it's going to be the same problems that persist. And the juju that's coming out of that team. The hatred that Richard Sherman seems to have for that offense and the ability for them not to control the story. Pete Carroll is very much a let-the-boys-be-boys type coach, and I think the boys are a little running a little rampant in Seattle. I don't like how everything gels, but their schedule makes it so that they're going to destroy. They can't not win 10 games. They yeah. cannot not win that's 10 what, games. That's what puts them over the top They're for me. running They're into def- the playoffs. The, exactly. Their first game is at Green Bay, which is going to be a tough game, but they always seem to have Green Bay's number. And then they go host San Fran at Tennessee, host Indy at the Rams, have a bye. If they're not 4-1 and one by that bye week, I don't know what happened to them. The, a bomb went off. Because there's, there's no reason they can't be 4-1 and one at that bye week. I mean, they've, I got, the, to fuck they've got the sixth or seventh easiest schedule. I have to fuck Seattle. F- football Power Index has them at the 30th. Not so to, they, have, they have the second easiest schedule. Not to mention, schedule. Seattle is always one of the hardest places to win games. Yeah. I don't I don't like what's coming out of Seattle. I don't think they win the division, but I think they're in the playoffs. Uh, okay. We're moving on to, so again, just to say, guys, you're both wrong. Um, who are we killing? Brian. Uh, I am unfortunately killing the San Francisco 49ers. Dangles? I'm also killing the San Francisco 49ers. If you were a 49ers fan, what do you want to see out of this year? Well, I, I guess I just want to see them compete. I think mm. I want to see them stay in games. I, I don't want to see them getting blown out by three touchdowns a game. I want to see them losing games by a touchdown by three points. I want to see them at least sticking around in the fourth quarter. I yeah. think that's about as much as you can ask out of this team uh, this year. Look, there's going to be growing pains. It's a brand new head coach. It's a brand new GM. You're literally wiping the slate clean and starting fresh in San Francisco, uh, which is is always you know comes with the sort of a trust the process element. And as a forty, if I'm a 49er fan, I, I think I just I have to stick by my team. I have to know uh, that the new GM, John Lynch, is going to do everything he can, and the new head coach, Kyle Shanahan, is going to do everything he can to try and bring a winner to San Francisco because they expect nothing less. You've got the additions of Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin that give Brian Hoyer a couple of weapons to throw to, and he's a fine quarterback. He's just fine. He's proven that he can play in big <laughs> games. He's not going to be a guy that wins you nine, ten games, but he, he'll win you maybe seven or eight. He, and, he's a fine QB. And I think uh, to that point, they need to start establishing leadership in that locker room. They Who are the because people? There's no because there's really no one, but they have a strong running back in Carlos Hyde. They have a decent offensive line. Navarro Bowman can't do it himself on the defensive side of the ball. That's the only thing. So once they shore that that side of things up, uh, then I think they maybe stand a chance to compete in what is not necessarily a very a tough division. Even at the top, you could compete if you have the right pieces in place. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. You both got one point for that round. You didn't come out unscathed. Let's move on to the NFC East. Man. 
downstairs. Dangles once again. The NFC East is here, and I'm ready for some freaking music. In the NFC East, the Cowboys are the champs, but continue to lose players every week of training camp. In order to get back, jumping into pots of honey, Jerry Jones sends to Goodell lawyers, guns, and money. The defense in New York led them to a wild card. Brandon Marshall arrives, hoping Eli's play doesn't retard. Mr. Franchise in D.C. throwing dimes and cashing checks. Sign the man, fans yell, with no replacement yet on deck. And which Philly player led many Rams fans to cry? Why the ginger North Dakotan chanting, fly, Eagles fly. The East is your boy, is yours, boys. Dangles don't look so ill. Just sit down and choose who to fuck, marry, and kill. Boom. Dangles, you're up first. NFC East time. <laughs> who are you marrying? I'm marrying the New York Giants this what? year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think we're off you to just, a hot start. To me, this comes down to, as you mentioned, the number of players that have departed the Cowboys roster, especially on the defensive side uh-huh. of the ball. They they have lost. Can we can here can we can we talk about some of the players that they've it's lost? A, it's a healthy amount. They've lost this year. So Doug Free retired. That's offensive side of the ball. That's part of the offensive, offensive line. There's tech. two new two new starters, by the way, on that offensive line yes, from last year. Uh so he's gone. Uh, Brandon Carr is gone. Morris Claiborne's gone. Both cornerbacks. Barry Church and J.J. Wilcox are gone. Both safeties. Lance Dunbar is gone. Uh, Ronald Leary is gone. And Terrell McLean, another one on the defensive side of the ball, is gone. So that leaves us with Sean Lee and maybe Orlando Skandrick. <laughs> okay? So I am not, I mean, and the Giants have a bunch of, to be happy about. Eli Manning could basically be backwards and throw the ball over his shoulder and either Odell Beckham Jr. or Brandon Marshall is going to catch the ball. Uh, I I think their defense is incredible. The one question mark I see outside of the offensive line is the running game. Paul Perkins is a largely unproven running back. Uh, So we'll see, but I feel good about the Giants' chances with especially with Zeke missing time due to his suspension. Uh, They're going to have an opportunity to to win some games, I think, and make up some... uh, Make up some time. I think they're a lot better than everyone gives them credit for. Okay. Dangles goes uh, balls to the wall, picking the New York Giants as his team to marry when he knows that Tony is judging this and hates the New York Giants. Of course. But, I, you know, Ballerina. I, I, I live to piss you off. <laughs> Ballerina. I am picking the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. I'm going with the don't easy look choice. look at me like no, you I'm know, <laughs> know something I don't. I'm going with the, I'm, that shit-eating grin on I'm your face. I'm going with the Cowboys. It's that simple. I... You'll be surprised at what I what, you looked where I'm at. Going. You looked at me like because I'm talking to you. I'm playing you. You we gave you I'm your time you. talking you, about the New York Football Giants. Don't Ballerina, be so insecure. Go. I th- I just think that the Dallas Cowboys are the better team in general. Uh, I don't need to go too far into it. They have a th- where the Dallas Cowboys are better than every team in the league right now is in the offensive line. If you can do anything with that offensive line like they can, I, I think is whether it's Ezekiel Elliott or 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 uh, Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden. Fat and a guy who matter. can't even stand up doesn't straight. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. But also, you know, you've got a lot of swagger on that team. That locker room. It, it, you know, they've got Cooper Cooper Rush. Does anybody know about Cooper Rush? Tell me. Cooper Rush was a undrafted uh, quarterback out of Central Michigan. He is not a great quarterback. He is crushing it, crushing it in the preseason. People are talking about him being that next trade bait kind of quarterback that's how good the Dallas Cowboys can make anybody look at this moment in that backfield when you've got an offensive line like the Dallas Cowboys have not to mention they've got guys who they picked up 
you know, multiple multiple picks over the last couple of years who were guys that were developmental players, guys coming off of ACL injuries, guys coming off of injuries who are now being pushed into the lineup as the second, third backup guys and are and are looking great. They're just a really deep team. And Taco Charlton, their first round draft pick out of Michigan, is looking like the defensive end everybody wished they had. Hmm. So they they've got this this ability to make everybody in their in their locker room better around them. I I, I applaud your 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 in-depth analysis of the New York Giants. I'm not too far behind you because I think the Dallas Cowboys are 10 and 6. I think the Giants are right there with them at 10 and 6. Probably. I, I just think the Dallas Cowboys sneak past them. And I think that without Ezekiel Elliott, they're going to take some some well, looks in the Yeah, and for the season. purposes of this game, I knew this wasn't the smart pick to make. I didn't make it because I, I wanted to win. I made it because I think it's the right thing to do. And I also think, too, when you look at the schedule Dangles for the Dallas— baby-facing over there, baby-facing hard. When you look at the schedule for the Dallas Cowboys, they're, again, they're set up for a really good run. They're set up for a really healthy start with— um, with Zeke coming back, I mean they've got a bye week in week six. It's, He's it, just going to come off running. He's Dallas just going to come is, off running. I, so to give you the point, Brian, you are correct. Dallas is the team to pick to win the NFC East, but it's not anything to do with their schedule or their. I hate their record in close games. I hate that they went from a minus twenty two turnover differential in twenty fifteen, and now they were a plus five last year. When you have that big of a difference, the natural thing is to come back to the mean. It's just too big of a difference, but. Dallas is built for success, and it's behind. They are the team that I would want my Green Bay Packers to be. A strong offensive line, a great running game. Even losing the people that they lost in the offensive line dangles, they replaced them with a number one pick and a third round guard that they've had for a year. They're they're building the offensive line. They allowed those guys to walk away without paying them money. That's what your team's supposed to do. And Dallas just looks good. Jalen Smith, the linebacker, coming oh. back from injury, he's going to be a player. Like they've. Taking chances on guys, some have worked out, some haven't, and this is when it's all now coming to fruition. I really like Dallas this year, even with the Zeke suspension. I love Dak Prescott. I do think he comes back to the mean a little bit, throws a little bit more interceptions. They have more turnovers, but they power through it. The beginning of their schedule is hard. It, that, and I have to I have to make a point on that. When you, you need look to get at the, through the beginning of that schedule. Looking home against the Giants, at the Broncos, at Arizona, Home against the Rams, home against the Packers. Five games where if you can come out of that three and two, you're great. You're a you're yeah. a you're a yes. playoff yes. team. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. I like Dallas this year. Uh, I am definitely set to marry them. Although it was a lot closer with the team that uh, I'm picking to take home for the night. But first, let's see what you guys have. Brian, you got a point for the right marry. Are you going to get a point for the right fuck? Probably not, because um, you like to throw curveballs. Um, however, I am going to pick, like I just mentioned, the Dangles New York Giants. Dangles nodding his head over Well, there. I know you're picking the Philadelphia yeah, I, Eagles. I, there's, no, there's, there, there's no logic behind some of your picks. You're just picking them to be a contrarian sometimes. No, we know this. No, that's absolutely... Okay, I stand behind everything I pick. I don't believe the Oakland Raiders are going to be good. If I have to say it again, I will. I stand behind these picks. You're picking the Giants. I'm picking buy. the Giants for a lot of the same reason. I think what we saw last year out of a, a Eli Manning, who I think had an awful year last year. I mean, he might have had some good stats. He might have had some good numbers here and there. But I think Eli Manning showed last year why people have an issue with him as a quarterback. I, he's just inconsistent at times. Uh, but he's he's still a good quarterback. And and what he's got in this this passing off, Shepard, you know, and 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 OBJ, like and then they drafted Ingram, who's this incredible tight end who's gonna be that passing, you know, um um savant for a quarterback. He's just gonna be running up those seams. The skinny post this guy's gonna do and score in the in the red zone is stupid. Um, and then they have a good defense and 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 I think also too 
their schedule is very manageable. Yeah, it um, is. They have a very manageable schedule. Um, they don't. I mean, the, the hardest game that I foresee on their on their uh, on their uh, schedule is at. Oakland of all teams. I think uh, opening night's going to be tough. To that's be well, that's going to be tough. But I, I'm talking about outside of their division. I mean, yes, their division. Yeah, the yes. division's going to be. You know, it, it, right. if they can pull, if they can, if they can, if they can split with Dallas, if they can split with Philly, they're in good shape. If they can deal them each one loss, that's a huge deal. But when you start looking outside a conference, uh, you know, they play at the Broncos. They get Seattle at home. That's a really tough. Tough, tough game for Seattle to go from the from the West Coast to the East Coast like that, um, and then you look at some of their other games. Like they play the Rams, you know, they play the, the, they play the Chargers, they play they play the Lions. Love them to death, but they're going to lose that game. Yeah, you know. Yes. So, so they have a very manageable schedule. I think Eli Manning's set up to have another uh, another year of just making mistakes, but you know, being covered by by a good team. Probably the best wide receivers he's ever had. Right oh, now. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to t- it's hard to say, but I-, I would say they're gonna probably walk out of the season with the best passing offense. Could it definitely could has the tools too. Dangles, who are you fucking? No, I'm fucking the, the Dallas NFCs. Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, what absolutely. do you have to say that we haven't said about Dallas that you love? Not much really. I think the Giants have an easier <laughs> route to the NFC Championship or the NFC East Division than That's not uh, untrue than the Dallas Cowboys do. Um, and I think that we're really going to see what Dak Prescott is actually made of when he doesn't have Zeke uh, Zeke Elliott to lean on for those first however many games it ends up being. Uh, I think that's going to be the true test of whether Dak Prescott is actually a good quarterback or if he's just a guy who got to be made to look really, really good by an even better running back. Throwing You're shaking. Shade. I'm Throwing not saying that's Prescott. the case. Why you, you can't take it that length. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm simply saying these games are going to be proof of which Dak we're talking about. And you make a really good point. If Dak struggles... How are they going to protect him? Are they gonna Are they going to make the, Are they gonna make the offense easier for him? Are they gonna keep him in that box? Are they gonna make sure they limit his exposure? They, they can do that. They can afford to do that. The Dallas Cowboys can protect their quarterback by not putting too much on his plate because they're that good of a yeah, team. Yeah, I think Dak is an excellent, excellent young quarterback, and I think he's going to continue to be one for the next several years. But I've never seen him play without Zeke. Nobody's ever seen him play without Zeke. He's never proven himself without his main guy. And Zeke was the guy who was doing a lot of that work for him taking the pressure off of Dak so he can make these throws this year he doesn't have much in terms of wide receivers out of Des Bryant he's got Terrence Williams who's middling and he's got an aging aging wonder of a tight end in Jason Witten who's probably going to be as good as ever and if he loses one of those guys Witten or Des that make I mean that that kind of crushes the, the 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 hopes and dreams of the Dallas Cowboys so if, offense yeah, being another we great will, uh, we'll see they, they have a week six bye Mm-hmm. And we will circle back in week six and see where Dak is. Absolutely. I'm very interested Absolutely. To see it. I will be as very well. Very interested. I will be it. as well. But for those uh, reasons, I am taking uh, the Dallas Cowboys as my favorite. Got it. You're both wrong. Um, but the reason I don't like the Giants and I don't want to fuck them, I think they're going to be a good team. I, I love can't their defense. wait to hear why we're fucking the and Eagles I'm, here. And I'm going to crush you. I'm so excited I'm going to hear to why you. we're fucking the Philadelphia Eagles because I know you're not dumb enough to pick the Washington Redskins. So please, <laughs> Tony, right. elaborate on why we are fucking the Philadelphia fucking Eagles I this year. I want to know why you guys don't like the Eagles, but <laughs> First, well, I love the but Eagles. First, let me bury the Giants in their grave. Eight and three in close games last year. They won so many out of their ass. They jumped from thirtieth in defensive DVOA to Still second. Won. There's no chance they're going to do that again. And this weird scheduling quirk. This one's. I. I. I this is a weird stat. Do, they have 22 less days of rest than the teams that they play against throughout the season. Traveling. So going into the game, like even like the Thursday to Sunday or the yeah. Monday to Sunday, they have 22 less days of rest than the teams that they play during the regular season. The, the second worst team was the Lions at minus 12. 
So the median right there is like a 12 March thing. Like I think the highest was eight plus days, and that was Kansas City. The lowest was the Detroit Lions, except for the Giants, who were off the charts with minus 22 days rest. I don't know if that means anything, but I, you know, it factors for sure. You know, the Thursday to the Sunday thing is not easy to do, and for the Giants to have minus 22 days rest than the teams that they are playing is kind of weird. But let's go to why I'm fucking the Eagles and Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz, I know he was the 25th rated quarterback last year. He was he was middling at best, but he looked like he could play the part. And this team only got better. They got pieces on the offense that they desperately needed. They got an offensive lineman back. With Lane Johnson back on the field, Lane Johnson had a huge suspension last year and was gone forever. And then Carson Wentz started to struggle. When Lane Johnson was on the field, Carson Wentz had a 72 QBR rating and 97 passer rating. Lane Johnson off the field, it dumped down to 48 QBR rating, 70th passer rating. The Eagles were 1-8 and eight in close games last year. 1-8. and eight. That comes down to the middle again. They were fourth overall in DVOA. According to that stat, they were the fourth best team in the league last year. And that jumps in everything with the stats and the point differential and all that stuff. And they had the second hardest schedule last year. They were playing teams that were better than them and built to beat them, and Carson Wentz kept them in games. Their first five games are at Washington, at Kansas City, going to the New York Giants. Uh, I'm sorry. At Washington, at Kansas City, hosting the Giants, at the Chargers, hosting Arizona. I think they can win all but one of those games. That Kansas City game is going to be tough. I love Philly this year. I don't I don't know why you guys don't love no. Philly. Do you want to no. remind him of their road record last year or should I? It was Go terrible, for it. but how many close games were those road games? The 1 and 8 r- close right. game record. I'm telling you, there's right. a difference in this team. It's a step forward. Let's take a step back first. Nobody in this in this booth right now is telling you that Carson Wentz isn't a good quarterback. In fact, I fans of the show will know how much I love Carson Wentz. I think he is the guy I would actually build my team around if if given the choice to pick a quarterback in year two. I would have taken him first over Jared Goff last oh, year if if I were if God. I were if I were the Rams. But Please, that's just me. Yeah, and 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 what this team has done for him in terms of getting pieces in the offseason, free agency. Incredible. I mean, they almost have a a plethora. They have a plethora of wide receivers, and they they have a they have an intact offensive line for the first time in a long time, which is is a big deal. They're going to be a great team. However, this is where I I first of all had to take a step back because I was going to pick them as my fuck team as well. But this is where I came back down to reality. When you look at the last two, four, six, seven games for the for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they go into November at Cowboys, Mm -hmm. Bears. At at Seattle, at L.A., at, Rams at the Rams. Excuse me, at the Rams, at New York, home against the Raiders, home against the Cowboys. That's a gauntlet end of the year. That that is an awful awful end of the year. And I think and their defense is bad. And their like, defense let's just be real. Their defense is bad. And I think their defense is much better. And they're well, this no, year. I well, think their defense is much better. better than those, last year. All but. those young pass rushers are getting better and that Ron uh, Darby kid is can play corner. And I love the and fact he's exactly what they need. They and, had no corner. And I love the fact that Barnett, their first round draft pick is looking all the bit of of who they think he is, but the problem is, is that e- there's word coming out of the out of the uh, the the you know the the stratosphere of the Philadelphia Eagles organization that Jim Schwartz is not happy with the way things are going. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but they're they're trading back and forth, all DBs all over the place. They're looking for solutions because they know the offense is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're finding ways for this defense to 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 step up to the plate, and with the likes of the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants looking like complete stud shows on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to be playing 
come from behind football. And I and Carson Wentz is more than capable of doing that. They're gonna He's not on his own. They're exactly He's not on his own. He's not on his own, but he he's does, got a team around him he, now. He does I have some other team around him. I think this him. is a very New Orleans style team this year where they're gonna win games thirty eight to thirty five. But look at the New Orleans but look at the New Orleans Saints. They can't sustain that. But you can't count them out. Like, nobody's counting them out. Nobody's counting them out. I'm ready to go fuck. I think Carson Wentz take the leap this year. Whose defense do you take more, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles or the New York Giants? Oh, the defense, of course, the Giants. Okay, whose offense would you rather have? The Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Yes. Then you're just lying to yourself. Now now you're making shit up. No, absolutely not. The Philadelphia has a better run game. Philly has a better offensive line. They have the wide receivers. Blunt's not a feature back. No, we're talking Darren Sproles. We're talking Wendell Smallwood, who makes a big leap this year. LeGarrette Blunt is their running back one. All right. You can live in in whatever world you want to. uh, Who's the running back one in New England? They have a running back by committee. It's not a new idea. I understand that. LeGarrette Blunt might not even get the most carries on his team this year. They know what they're doing in Philly. Doug Peterson threw everything out at the window when he ran that offense. He's going to do it again. Carson Wentz. They also throw more than any team in so, the but NFL. Truthfully, they you... play to their strengths. No, let me go on this. Philly is going to be an attack-minded offense this year and has one of the best offenses in the league, period. Who's going to put up more points, the Giants, Cowboys, or well, the, the Cow- Philadelphia Eagles? The, Cowboy- the Cowboys I love. The Cowboys are different. The Cowboys have a great offense, but the Eagles will score more than the Giants this year, guaranteed. Giants don't have a running offense. Don't have it at all. They have two of the best wide receivers in the, the league. Eagles scored together. more than the Giants last year. Yeah. They have two of the best wide receivers in the league paired together. Eli Manning, I don't trust as much as I trust Carson Wentz, no. and I like the whole of the uh, uh, Philly offense better than I like the Giants offense. I mean, defense is Giants all the way. Put it this way: I've got Dallas at ten and six. I've got Giants at ten and six. I have Philly at nine and seven. So nobody's nobody's counting them out. But I, I just think there is a smidge of a difference when you compare the teams that they're going to be playing most of all when it comes to defense and offensive comparisons. They're going to be behind a lot. I, I think they're just going to be behind by 10 points or so. It's just enough in that in those small, small games, or those big games, those small differences are going to make a big yes, difference. Yes, the record in close games, absolutely. Who's the, who's, the, who's the Eagles' number one wide receiver? Just Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey. And Torrey Smith over the top. I appreciate and Nelson Tor- Aguilar in the slot. I He's think, having a great I th- camp. I think Torrey Smith is a great Jordan wide receiver. He's going to be fantastic. But Alshon Jeffrey, I've watched him for four years now with the Chicago Bears, and he hasn't had the quarterback support like he's going to get with Carson Wentz, but I don't think he's going to be that number one receiver. That that That's going to put you over the top all the time. That's going to make defenses go, God right, damn. we got, we got, move, all, we got to move on. we, we got spent a lot of time on the Eagles. <laughs> uh, well, well, but it's worth is, it. This is, yeah, this is worth it. We'll see where it goes. Are we all killing the Redskins? Yes. I thought you put the Giants in the grave. I thought when I you said not. I put the Giants in their grave, I thought that meant that's who you were killing. Yes, I've killed the Redskins. I, I'm, I'm leaving the Giants out. I'm okay. leaving the Giants out because okay. the Redskins – how the fuck have you not paid Kirk Cousins money yet? I don't know. Uh, How do you let all your wide receivers leave and you bring in Terrell Pryor? Add it to the else? list I love of woes. Terrell Pryor, true. Add it to the list of woes that is Dan Snyder's organization. This is a, is a t- troubling thing that's going on over there. They have a really difficult schedule this year as well. Yes. Uh, it's not easy. And how do you uh, not and... call him by his real name when you're talking about him in the media? Yeah. Yeah. Called him Kurt over and over Kurt. again. Kirk, Kirk is going the to have QB well you might have ever had on your team, and 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 to add to that, I I wonder whether or not the uh, contract drama could prove to be a distraction this year for for in terms of Kirk Cousins. Obviously, I think Kirk, they, yeah, you know, I think he has a. a I'm making a prediction that Washington Redskins will be picking in the top three picks this year. I mean, let's top not forget three. that's that's bold. Let's not forget they were they were only eight seven and one last year. Yeah, that's exactly. not a that's not a great exactly. record at top all. I know three. a lot of people are high on this. They have no run game real really to speak of. I think I think four Kirk, and twelve. I think both Kirk Cousins and Mr. Gruden are no longer Washington Redskins by the end of the year. 
Well, by the beginning of next year. Kirk will find a new team because they're not going to franchise him again. The wheels are going to fall off that organization. And Gruden's moving on and Washington's back to the... Back to the... The heap. All right, so moving on. NFC East, uh, I believe uh, just... No, you both got a point for the Skins. Brian got another one for the Cowboys. Brian's leading three to two. Four to two. Four to two. (laughs) Moving on to our division, Brian. The NFC North. Oh, God. Here we go, baby. This one's actually pretty easy, in my opinion. But Uh, let's move on. This one's is for all the Game of Thrones homies out there. Let's do the North. Westeros isn't the only land where they say winter is coming. In the halls of Lambeau, the plows always stay humming. For the past eight years, the Cheeseheads have played past December. But last year ended poorly, and believe me, the North remembers. A Honolulu Blue fourth quarter comeback attacks like a zombie horde. The Motor City's hopes once again rely on the arm of Matt Stafford. (laughs) Shoulder pad Sam blows the horn in Minnesota. A rookie RB is set to prove that we won't miss a P1 iota. And beyond the playoff wall, the Bears recall time sorely missed. Could Mitchell Trubisky be the prince who was promised? The North is up for debate, and a dragon knocks at the door. The time is now, men. Pick up your sword and choose one of the four. Brian, you're up first, my man. Who uh, are you marrying for the NFC North? I am marrying the Green Bay Packers. You don't say. I do say, and um, it pains me to say that, but here we are once again at the beginning of the season, looking at the prospects of the NFC North, and I cannot without um, I cannot with with good conscience say anybody else. I would. Right. I'm trying to give myself uh, the opportunity to want to pick the Detroit Lions, but it's it's just not in the cards, man. Just not in the cards this year. I think the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, uh, with their draft picks, their pickups for running back, they have a full stable, they're healthy, their offense is looking like they haven't missed a step. I mean, they they lose a guy uh like TJ Lang to the Detroit Lions, and you think that would be a big, big swing in the in the favor of the Lions. It, it's 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 a good hearty swing, but it's nothing. There's no misstep by the Green Bay Packers at all. Dangles. I'm also marrying the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, you're gonna win. You're gonna win games with Aaron Rodgers. Thirteen and three, man. Thirteen and three. It's it's hard to argue against them. They're they're the clear favorite as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, question marks remain on the defensive side of the ball, especially in that secondary. Um, it was depleted at the end of last year. Obviously, they were getting guys who on the grounds crew at Lambeau to come on and 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 uh, and play trouble. cornerback. It was Herb, Nate, Herb Waters, it, it, but they still yeah. won the NFC. Well, North. And they still won the NFC North. Um, so uh, you know, obviously he's got one of the best wide receiver stables with Jordan Devante and Randall Cobb staying healthy, assuming that they are. Uh, Brian Balaga has been out with an angle injury, ankle injury, and I, I know that's probably not sat well with Aaron because obviously his Belaga is one of the more trusted offensive linemen he's got. It would probably be good for them to make sure that their backups are in place and that he trusts the backups that he has because uh, you can't win if Aaron Rodgers isn't standing upright. Now, none of you are worried that we have a wide receiver running the football in Green Bay? Uh, no. no, not after last year. I had not... Ty Montgomery on my fantasy team, and uh, he actually did really well for us, for me last year. Did he change his and, number? Know, uh, I think he's still, still wearing his 88. 88. I mean, look, he's, he's now that he's done this for a year and he's spent the offseason prepping for this year like a running back and not like a wide receiver, I think we're going to, you know, again, it'll be a sort of a proving ground for him, I think, in a sense, because he's going to, you know, people are still not certain that the wide receiver could just transition over but and run the ball. Are you but... worried that the defense is led by middle linebackers that no one would take in a draft right now? Jake Ryan and Blake Matthews. No. Clay Matthews? 
or did we get a younger Matthews on the Blake team? Blake Martinez, I'm sorry. Jake, I'm hoping he was like is Jake no, Ryan. You're and talking Blake about Martinez. Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. They're, yeah, they're yeah. The two middle linebackers. Yeah, I, I they don't. Both, ha- they no, both stink. They're not great, but and they're going to get exposed. But I, I don't think they're going to. I don't know. I, I don't I think just, it's bad enough that it's going to cost. No, them the exactly. The I don't. Beginning, the beginning of this schedule doesn't scare you. Where they? Yeah. Oh, hold on. They host Seattle at Atlanta. Host Cincy. Host Chicago. Easy at Dallas. Three of those games are terrible. Cincy's no joke. Either. Keep going. I mean, look at the next two it's, games it's at tough. Minnesota, and then uh, and then. Stinks. But yes, it's tough. Well, no, at Minnesota, and then home against the Saints. I mean, that's that's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. If they can walk out of that with four and three, I think they sail into the playoffs even more so because the final part of the season, the last uh, you know um, seven games are are. Are you know? They're you got, tough. They're tough. No, uh, no, Lions. Both of you guys are Chicago. Correct, both Easy. of you guys are correct. Uh, we are marrying Green Bay, but I don't think that's because Green Bay is a world beater this year. I think it's simply because that division stinks. So let's move on to a tougher question. Yeah. Who are you going home with tonight, Dangles? Well, I'll lose a point here because I'm pretty sure you did not pick the Minnesota Vikings to go home. I with. did not. Uh, but why yeah, did I you? didn't think so. Well, uh, I just feel like Detroit spent way too much time on the edge last year, living on a prayer, trying to come back when they were down and at the end of the end, end of the game. And they haven't really added any pieces that make me think that they are going to be in a better position to be winning games in the fourth quarter this year. You can't count Matt Stafford out ever. Uh, and frankly, you know, between and and I think he's probably he along with a much better uh, a much better I. Think, think offense is the reason why I I didn't kill the Detroit Lions ultimately but I just don't see them I I don't see them getting more than 6 wins this year maybe 7 I just don't think they the have Lions. that the Lions now so on, like now on on I like the Vikings uh, because they still have one of the best defenses in the entire NFL you cannot argue with that they have the best secondary in the NFL period just collectively the best secondary in the NFL mm-hmm. um they've shored up the offensive line a little bit they added Mike Remmers in the offseason uh that was a big problem for Sam Bradford last year uh and as you said in your intro you know hopefully between Dalvin Cook uh carrying you know being the speed and finesse back and Latavius Murray getting a lot of the red zone carries um, they won't miss Adrian Peterson that much and they'll in fact maybe be even in a better position to tear people up with their run game because they have options to go to Latavius Murray is good in the open field as well I mean he's a guy who's a run was a running back one in Oakland for a number of years uh, and they don't have a terribly difficult schedule this year uh, so between all of that I think that the Minnesota Vikings are in a good position to not necessarily sneak out a wild card but I think they could be a nine and seven team Brian I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Nine and seven, man. Wow. Um, kind of surprised. The fact that the Detroit Lions currently have two undrafted uh, rookies in their rotation at defensive tackle and defensive end. Doesn't uh, instill a lot of confidence, does no. it? No. And if you saw that preseason game against the New England Patriots, uh, you'll notice uh, or have no- you did notice that uh, Tom Brady didn't get touched. Every quarterback the Lions play are they're going to have the best week of their life against the Detroit Lions defense. <laughs> they're just they don't they're not set to stop the pass at all. They did not invest I think wisely um into quarter, cornerbacks um well enough to not stop anybody because the the, the defensive line is struggling. Zeke uh, doesn't have enough talent around him. Um you've got Ashawn Robinson, uh defensive tackle, Haloti Nada, but other than that, their depth is gone. They they're losing guys left and right. Yeah. So you're doing the same thing Dangles as you're talking about how bad the lines are going to be. Are you just picking the Vikings as a lesser of two No, evils? because the Brad I think uh when you go through their schedule, I think the Minnesota Vikings have a better shot at pulling off a 
respectable nine and seven compared to what I think the Detroit Lions are going to are going to be at at the end of the season at eight and eight. I, I found that there was a lot of toss ups when I really sat down and thought about who the Lions were playing that that, that week mm-hmm. because I think the Matt Stafford you know dynamic is 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 in the Lions' favor. I think Matt Stafford's an amazing quarterback. In fact, Matt Stafford in almost every ranking leading up to this season put him in the top ten quarterback. I mean, he's improving every year. Yeah, he's getting closer absolutely. to that neck, that that top tier quarterback. I see him very much being like a Tom Brady, only getting better as he gets older, and as he gets older, not being a guy who just falls off the chart. But even when he's 36, 37, 38, I think he's still gonna be throwing bombs. And that offense, that offense is gonna but, be nasty. But, You're gonna look at Amir Abdullah. You got you got Marvin Jones. But, you've okay, got but Galladay. Again, but why but, are we fucking the Vikings? Because the Vikings are a more complete team. Okay, they have a better defense. They've got a sustainable offense, and that fact that they're going to score points. Remember, Sam Bradford actually did really well last year. He had a 99 passer rating. He did. He, he did well, exactly. and he did, and he did well That's with all less. He did was well, and he did well with less. And this year, he's got Dalvin Cook. He's got a better offensive line. They put some money into it, and I and I and I just see them having a better shot at at taking wins away and limiting their losses, the slow, the 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 close the close losses. Whereas the Detroit Lions are going to be are going to be working from behind. A lot. Yeah, a I lot. hear you. So um, why are you fucking the Lions then? Well, let me tell you. This is, uh, if we're going to the fucking, you're at the bar. You're getting ready to take someone home, right? The Vikings are sitting there. They're like, you know, they're the friend. They're the girl. She probably watches football. She probably drinks beer. She's always around. She's willing to hang out with you one-on-one, just, you know, not do anything. She's willing to spend time with you, but it's relatively boring. They're the most complete team, the Vikings. They're the most... They will not lose any games for themselves. No. But the rest of the league seems to have figured them out in the fact that you're going to have a tough game, tough nose game against them, but you can beat them. On your best day, you can beat them. So I'm not going to take home the Minnesota Vikings. The Detroit Lions are sitting there, though. They're, you know, a little bit past their prime in the sexiness age. The makeup's a little ragged. The eyelashes are falling off a little bit. You've been there before. And I've been hurt by the Lions before. I really liked them last year, and you're right. That de- There's holes in this team and there's holes in the girl that you're going to take home in that Detroit Lions so I'm going to leave her be instead I'm going to go for the young Carolinan blonde and if Mitch Trubisky is named the starter of the Chicago Bears then I'm going to fuck the Chicago Bears wow. not in any way to be a wild card team not in any way to be even be an 8-8 eight and eight team but to have the funnest 5 win season 6 win season you could ever imagine I will love to go home with the young girl Mitch Trubisky. So if he is starting for that Chicago Bears team, that's my Cleveland Browns of last year. I will gamble and lose on them every weekend, and I will make that mistake over and over again. Even as a Packer fan? Even as a Pack, I This Mitch kid, I really like him. I don't know why. So I'm taking home the young blonde. I love him, but I don't see the logic okay. in okay. that outside I, of him. It's an interesting, it was an interesting yarn you you spun there. Um, I, I, like the, I like the metaphor. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know that I necessarily would take the same tactic that you would, especially looking at what the, I mean, I don't know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I, I assume, but um, I mean, I'm just for me, I, I'm looking I, for the sexy young I, one to make a few I mistakes. find I find That's the Minnesota uh, Vikings to be much more attractive. Plus, uh, who can argue with the purple? I'm going to make a mistake. I mean, uh, I, th- I see Chica- I, I see Chicago winning two or three well, games this year. So that's, that's who fun. are you killing? 
I'm killing the Chicago Bears. I'm also Bears. killing the Chicago Bears. They're the, terrible. To, no, but to your point, because we we've already talked about Mitchell Trubisky being the kind of guy that we we would we would happily marry in terms of the rookie quarterback uh, discussion. Yes, he's got so much potential. Yes, but the poor guy. I mean, the poor guy. I think he's got some. Tough knocks Tough coming his way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what I will say before you guys both well, get a point for killing the Bears. Are you killing the Bears as well? Uh, well I, I am killing the Bears. Okay. I mean, they, they, scored, they scored the third fewest points in the NFL last year, A. And their first, uh, let's see, six opponents, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Green, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, and Baltimore, all 500 <laughs> or better last year. Oh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. And They're that's why crushed. the correct answer is to kill the Bears, but you're killing the Mike Glennon-led Bears. I have no interest in watching the Mike Glennon-led Bears take the field. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're telling me because Mitchell Trubisky is the unknown X factor. Do you see how the stipulations to this game change to the point where we <laughs> you're can't telling, be successful? Wait a minute. You you're, just got a point. You you're telling, you're telling me because people are, are, are unaware of what Trubisky's got going on that that's going to somehow propel them to, to some degree of, like, that one player, Glory. one quarterback, and now, now we're Cameron Meredith is gone for yeah. the year. He's no, no, a rookie. Listen, listen, you're absolutely right. We're talking about who do you want to fuck and who do you want to kill. Mike Glenn and I have no interest in watching the three and thirteen. No, Mike not Glenn at all. Teams. Not at all. I'd so be down to watch the six and ten, five and eleven, uh, Mitch Trubisky led teams. That's sexier to me than anything Minnesota Detroit has to offer. Would you? Would you? Would you rather watch a three and thirteen Mitch Trubisky or a four and twelve? Uh, Glennon led Chicago. Bears. Neither of those are going to happen. Mitch Trubisky beats the nobodies of the league. Mike know, Glennon, man. Mike Glennon won't beat anybody. I don't know. He's still got rookie rookie. But hey, lumps congratulations! You both got a point for killing the awful, awful Bears. Yay! Saunders would be happy that we spent this much time talking about the Chicago. Let's Bears. Let's move on to the division that no one knows what's going to happen this year, and it's the division that has the reigning, the defending one. NFC champion in it. Left coasters. All right, boys. This is it. This is the fun division. Hit the music, baby. 28 to 3, the scoreboard read. So close yet so far, oh, many tears were shed. What could have been a thought held by all? Where would the Falcons be if they had just run the ball? Cam Newton dusts off his bandana and stands in their way. Superman is ready to prove that it indeed is a new day. And in Louisiana, the, ble- the beads flow like a river. Drew Brees still throws the ball like arrows out of a quiver. And a young buck rises, raised in the dregs of Alabama. His name is Jameis, and he's ready to bring the hammer. This is the best division in the NFC, and it's the left coasters to predict. With whom will you throw rice? Who will you slice? And who will suck your dick? Brian. Who are what? you set to marry? <laughs> what? That didn't rhyme. <laughs> yeah, predicting dick. Brian. Bold. Uh, Who are you? This is, all right, boys, this is the funnest division. All these four teams can be fun, good. You can root for them on Sunday. Who, it's going to be, I honestly had the toughest time killing one of these teams. Yep. But who are you yep. marrying? I'm marrying the Atlanta Falcons. They're the defending champs, the defending NFC champs. I took that, believe it or not, I did that was the best the I could. the easiest part of this, I, honestly. Believe, you think so? No, I thought that was the hardest yeah, by far. I by far it was hard, too. I thought, well, the reason why it, why they were the, my choice is when you start looking at the depth on that team, their, their, their running backs are sexy. Um, Tevin Coleman is, is to me, as premier of a running back as you can get, not to mention everybody behind him that he's that he's working with. Uh, not to mention something that I thought was really interesting. Dan Quinn has been in three out of the last four Super Bowls. Two as a defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he missed 
the game. What a jerk. Uh, missed the game between the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers the following year. Uh, and then last year. So I, I just think if anybody is prepared mentally yeah. to jump over what happened last year, yeah. it's the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan is a great leader. He's amazing. They had they, they upped their game. They, they got, uh, I believe it was Tack McKinley. And he's looking good. And he looks sexy. And you look at and if you looked at the All Pro team, you know I think you're looking at a lot of the like Deion Lewis, for example. The guy, the guys, the guy's one of the best linebackers in the league. They 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 are premier at almost every position that is is of importance. They look really really yeah, good. Yeah, they return almost their entire Super Bowl roster with a few a few departures, and most notably on the coaching staff in Kyle Shanahan and uh, Matt Lafleur, who left uh, the quarterbacks coach, who left to be the offensive coordinator so you're here in Los Angeles. Atlanta as well. I'm also marrying uh, Atlanta as well. Matt Ryan's an elite level quarterback. Julio Jones, they, he could be argued as the best wide out in the league. The two of them might be the scariest quarterback wide receiver hookup since like Moss Brady. Um, it's just, it's terrifying. Where we'll really see what they're made of. There's a midseason stretch of four out of five games that are on the road between weeks seven and 11, and those include trips to New England, Seattle, and Carolina. So that'll be a test, I think, of how really, really good the team is because mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough stretch for them. You've also got five out of their final six games of the year within the division. And that is, and and so that's going to be another tough one. And you know the question mark, of course, do they have the yips the year after the Super Bowl, especially with the like just, I mean, the unprecedented nature of the collapse that happened. No in one the Super can Bowl. answer that question until we see them in a game. Yep. But if we want to talk about starting strong, their first four games are at Chicago, home against the Packers, at Detroit, home against the Bills, and then a bye week. Yeah. They could honestly go into their bye week 4-0 Absolutely. and just be ready, rip-rearing to go through the rest of their schedule. Absolutely. I did not marry Atlanta because, one, the, I, I that 28-3 collapse has to hang in all of their heads. Has to. And Dan Quinn keeps on saying how we're going to put it behind us, we're going to put it behind us, but that is a big, big thing to just toss away. That has to hang in the back of your heads. I don't think they're going to be a bad team at all, as you can see when my future picks here, but I couldn't marry him. Also, the loss of Kyle Shanahan, I think, is bigger than people think. That offense was one of the best in the history of the league last year, and it was run through Kyle Shanahan and his schemes and his running. Matt Ryan is awesome. Julio Jones is awesome. Devonta Freeman's awesome. That hasn't changed, but calling the plays matters. It really, really does. And so the change of guard into that, that offense is going to take a little bit of step back. And this division's too good for you to take any steps back and have not, not have someone pass you, as we see with the team I did marry, Carolina. Carolina yeah. Because Carolina, 15-1 and last year, one of the best defenses in the two league. Years ago. Two, uh, years ago. two years ago. One of the best defenses in the league. Cam Newton was an MVP. And then it all falls apart on a couple of injuries in close games. I love the addition of Christian McCaffrey. I think it's exactly what that offense needed. I think Jonathan Stewart's easily on his way out, and I love the way McCaffrey plays. I love Cam Newton. I always have. I think he's going to come back to prominence. I love the uh, wide receiver coming back from injury. They just have a team that can push the ball forward on offense. They're not going to kill anyone on offense, but that defense is so good. If Luke Keekley can keep himself on the field, that defense is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. You're not at all worried about the wide receiving core. You got a, a wide receiver one who is very injury prone, and beyond and beyond that, yeah, you got to keep that wide receiver healthy. Beyond that, and it's Devin sec- Funchess. The well, second round pick for them uh, is a very very shifty wide receiver who they say is playing really good. I don't like shifty wide receivers as much, especially in that offense. But I think Christian McCaffrey is the best receiver in the draft. 
I he really could, he could very well, well be. He would have been a top 10 he could receiver. could very well be. It's either him or him or Corey Davis. But one thing you left out was the defensive backfield for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, that's what I was going to get to that that's before the Dan- big, That's, that's the, no, the no, big no. question mark. I was going to get to that before Daniel started talking about it. I think that defense is so good that you can let a Josh Norman guy type go and replace him with rookies and you'll be okay. That defensive line is so aggressive and those linebackers are so good at coverage that yes, you're going to get beat on deep balls if you let the quarterback sit in the pocket forever. But I don't think the quarterback's going to have time. That team's going to be really tr- good. If that were true, they would have had a better year last year. La- last year, is a, it was truly a season from hell for them. They were in so many games and lost them late because they just couldn't win the game. All right. All right. It's a very no, I like it. It's, it's I, a, I'm, Carolina I'm right behind you. Carolina's in a great position to make a huge splash in the NFC South this year. Uh, it's a tough division, but I, I don't I don't hate the pick for, of them to, to be world beaters in the NFC South this now, year. Now, who are you fucking? I'm fucking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. I really, really love this team. I like watching them. They're fun. I think Jameis is going to have if this. I think this is going to be a breakout year for Jameis Winston. He proved he can lead last year. He's got an all-around elite wide out in Mike Evans. He adds another deep threat in Deshaun Jackson, and then a rookie tight end in O.J. Howard, uh, who by all accounts is going to be excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have a, they do have a strong defense as well. They, they've got a, uh, a Gerald McCoy and William Golston are two very underrated and under-talked about defensive linemen, and uh, a secondary led by Brent Grimes that I think is good enough to keep them in games, and the offense is what pushes them over the edge for me. I just think Tampa Bay is very sexy this year, so I am taking them home with me they as my fuck. very sexy. Brian. For all the same reasons you just kind of hit on, I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey is the truth. I really do. That kid does not take a playoff. There was a couple plays that he has um, mastered, and that is this kind of like halfback dive where he's got nowhere to go, and he just stops running, and he sits behind the ass of his lineman and just waits for the left or the right to clear, and he just hits it like a like like he was running full stride. It's really impressive. It's really impressive. His patience for being such a young running back, he, there's no panic in him. Mm-hmm. And he's making these incredible catches out of the backfield too. I think Cam Newton when they really open up that playbook, gonna be awesome. I don't even know I don't know how you prote- I don't know how you defend This was that. a very tough decision. I I I I agonized over this I think as much as I did over who to kill and this was it was not a lightly that I arrived at Tampa Bay. And think about it when Carolina was really prolific. When their run game was was dangerous, they didn't need this full route tree that 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 from the wide receivers. They didn't need this kind of like. Well, when are we talking about here? Because the fifteen and one season. Well, I, but that wasn't. I, I don't know if they had a. I would call their run game dangerous that year. Cam no, but Newton, Cam, but that's what Cam I'm talking Newton, about. What, who was what was dangerous that year? But he now could, add you know. the layer of Christian McCaffrey to that. You know what I mean? Oh you're, sure, you're still sure. Getting, it's so, only better. It only is an upside. Correct. So my point is, is when when Cam Newton was the was the threat at running the ball. It gave these long, big plays yep. the the window yep. that they needed, and they're going to get a lot of that this year. I so think absolutely, I agree with it. oh, it, it, it's um, it's going to be it's going to be dangerous. I just think the defensive backfield is going to continue to be an issue for them. I love Luke Keekley. I think he's a great guy, but he can only do so much. And as you saw last year, when he tries to do too much, he gets hurt. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a scary thing what happened to him last year, and you hope it doesn't happen to him again. But. Uh, I know offenses don't run this in the NFL a lot, but imagine an option with 
Cam oh on the ball God. and Christian behind him. Imagine an option style. And then Kelvin like Benjamin, like just and they can throw like little like uh, Ron Rivera is very good at throwing different schemes in there in the middle of a game and offense because Cam's such. I was a, talking about this very thing with Alche yesterday. I Cam's said to him, "Wouldn't it be crazy if they just ran a read option because they could do it? Cam would be used to it from college, and Christian McCaffrey and can run any play in the and playbook. Don't and forget they, don't they have the offensive end, but they can do it like on the goal line. Yeah, and they have the offensive line to do that. It's such. They have a good. very athletic offensive. Um, line. Yeah, they add Matt Khalil, uh, oh, who is who is old with but his brother. And Julius Peppers is back. Should add some add some eh. sacks to the sack total. Hopefully, he I still love looks Julius. great. Yeah, he's, all right. He's so uh, years so old. I killed Tampa. Brian uh, no, you killed. Married I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I fucked Tampa. Tampa. Brian fucked. Uh, Brian fucked Carolina. Let me hear why you're fucking the Saints. No, he's uh, fu- no, he's fucking Tampa Bay. No, I did this last year too, and I I got here again, and I couldn't make a decision. So I'm just being happy with myself, and I'm having a threesome. Oh uh, come on, dude! You got a point, Dangles. I knew uh, because it. Because one of those in the threesome is Tampa Bay, and it's it's a. I do love. I think Deshaun Jackson is the perfect addition for Mike Evans. It is. I really do. Those two, I think, are perfect together. Jameis has to fix uh, his um, his interceptions and his dumb throws, but Jameis can make every throw in the book and is a leader, as we can see. He's on made this some hard really bad throws. Uh, I love their running game. I, I think it's one of those offenses where you can stick any running back back there, and they'll have success in the running game. And that defense is slowly getting better. I like the chances of Tampa. Bay, and you can't not have Atlanta in this threesome. You can't not have Atlanta in this threesome. No. They're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a damn good team. Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, the running game, they're a great team. I think the one the one to, I wanted to say it earlier, but the one reason I think the Tampa Bay isn't that team for me is I think Jameis Winston is a three steps forward, two steps back kind of quarterback. Seems like it. He he, he needs to start making decisions that are that are just better. I mean, whether it's hard knocks, you're watching you know Dirk Cutter motherfuck him because he's making decisions where he literally just throws off the back of his foot for no fucking reason. As he's reason. falling down into an interception, yeah. And then he did it again this past preseason game, yeah. the third preseason game, where you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? I know, it's crazy, but I, I, it's it's one of those things where I've been rooting for him since college, and I want to continue to root for him. I think he's going to be a lot of I fun. I think he's like a Matt Stafford. You know, remember Matt Stafford, the first four or five years of his of his career were making yeah, throws. Yeah, those teams stunk, though. Yeah, they did. He, he actually has a team has around a him. Team. Which is why I think they're going to be better than the Detroit Lions of the gotcha. first four years of Matt Stafford's um, career. So who are we killing, guys? Well, this left me. This left me with no choice but to kill the New Orleans Saints. Unfortunately, and, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and, we have oh, two different wow. ones. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. You go first, New Orleans. Uh, to me, this comes down uh, to balance. Uh, the Saints have an offense that can hang thirty-five on you any given Sunday. Then the additions of the addition of Adrian Peterson, if he comes back to full all-day AP How mode. How crazy would that I be? I mean, that's just. I took him in my, one of my first fantasy drafts that went before because I think he could be a great plug-and-play option this year. It's Adrian Peterson. His only upside, right? And he was still available like six rounds in, and I needed a running back to sit on my bench behind David Johnson and Lamar Miller. I love the idea, the thought of that. And Drew Brees and Mike Thomas is a very scary hookup thought. Uh, So between all of that on the offensive side of the ball, they're awesome. They have nothing on defense. They have absolutely nothing to speak (laughs) of Cameron Jordan defense. No, Cameron Jordan's better. Yeah, Cameron Jordan is, okay, one player is not going to do the job for you, all right? Two, if you count Kenny Vaccaro. I just don't see this team (laughs) being able to keep defenses or keep offenses out of the end zone and in the division that they're playing in there is so no good, yeah. room there is zero room for mistakes all because the offenses in this division are all super four they're very high powered well and and that's what and that's what sets i mean all the other teams have feasible defenses yes. in this division new yes. orleans is the yes. only one that doesn't okay and you're killing the bucks because i'm killing the bucks because i for all those reasons i just talked about with um james winston i for some reason just don't don't see it so 
solidifying. First off, I want to say this. Jameis Winston, I love him. I think he is a hard worker. He puts his best foot forward. I really believe he wants to step up. But the problem that I see with Jameis Winston is that he tries to do these things with the ball that, like as Dirk Cutter has said many times, like, what are you doing? You don't need to do that. Manage the game. Just manage the game. And they drafted O.J. Howard. They're giving him what I think every other quarterback in the league would just do amazing things with. But to me, it likens to what Matt Stafford has. Matt Stafford has Ebron. Matt Stafford has um, uh, Marvin Lewis, um, has uh, Golden Tate, and has Amir Abdullah. But I just see injuries taking a toll for this team for some reason. I just think they've, they're, they're going to be doing a lot. And I and I, I just don't see it coalescing. I just, mm-hmm. for some reason, with this division, with the, these defenses they're going to be facing, and I think the New Orleans Saints are going to be a good team. Mainly because they drafted heavy on the defensive side of the ball. They got Marshawn Lattimore. Cameron Jordan looks great. He does. And on top of it, people aren't talking, people are talking about him, but you guys didn't mention him, is Alvin Kamara for He's... the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints. He looks like a Darren Sproles. And remember how good Drew Brees with Darren Sproles. They they are going to have this like tri-headed, four-headed offensive monster that I don't think people are going to stop them. And mind you, they also have a very doable schedule in the middle of the season. So you're asking them to split potentially, which I think they could do with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but or all, all those all those games and all those teams. Like if they face an offense that has any type of power whatsoever, it's becomes a shootout. It does, and then and, you're asking for trouble. And I, no, but I think Drew Brees is that's Drew that's Brees is awesome. that's his strength. Drew Brees is awesome. That's his strength. He's amazing. He's very very very. So very, I very good. I give I give the nod uh, to the New Orleans Saints at nine and seven, and I'm at Tampa at six and ten or or seven seven and uh, so uh, seven and nine. It's it's hard because you go. I'm going through these divisions. I'm trying to break it down, bring up stats. You have four quarterbacks in this division, and Jameis somehow is the worst quarterback in this division because the other three have won a f- MVP. Yeah, how insane is that? And we're, they're all. I mean, Drew Brees is on the end of his career, but they're all in their primes. They're all great quarterbacks, and Jameis is just coming into it, and he can't. He's the fourth best quarterback in a four-team division. And, it's ridiculous. And I don't think Drew Brees makes the makes the mistakes Jameis wins. Absolutely does. not. No, no. Absolutely not. No, no. He might he might overshoot some throws because he wants to get more yards. But yes, absolutely. He's, and I, it's it's like one of those role-playing games where like you know if you pair this card with this card, all their stats get increased. That's when it happens whenever you give a playmaker to Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Like Alvin Kamara could be a like. A regular player, but if he's with Drew Brees, he's faster. He can run routes better. He can catch better, just because Drew makes all these throws. And let's make point too: the New Orleans Saints also have a better offensive line than they did last year. Um, I will say though, Dangles, not only do you get the point for killing the New Orleans Saints because I agree with you, mm-hmm. you win. How? How is that possible? You have more points on the board than Brian does. I just, you don't, know what this fe- I just don't know what this feeling is like. <laughs> it's kind of a new won. thing for me, so I'm kind of trying to absorb it all really quickly. Congratulations, wow. Michaels. All right. Uh, that's, you win that's the something. NFC Mary Fuck Kill game. Great. Congratulations. Great. Can I, can I ask how much Shows you us how much we all one, know about our own right division. There. It was the one. It was, it was the New that, Orleans Saints. It was the New Orleans Saints kill it? because it's a tough kill. It really is a tough kill, but I agree with you. It's just the defense. That's it. It's that simple. It's tough to bet against Drew Brees, but yeah, you're right. So let's move on. That is our Mary Fuck kill for the I'm NFC. actually I'm actually kind of surprised can I just say that you killed them I, I when I because I originally had the Panthers as my kill oh, and I went back and thought about it Whoa. I went back I think I, I I wondered at first I'm like is Cam gonna struggle with that surgically repaired arm maybe they're just all over the place this year and they don't know what but then I came back to it and I sat you know I sat down and I looked at it and I, I put the I you know I decided that it was it was you know I was like what was I thinking it's obviously the Saints they're a much worth team but I could have sworn I was expecting to get so much crap from you guys about killing the Saints 
Saints, uh, based or especially given how low I ranked Drew Brees on our quarterback. That's what I was thinking was that I was going to get crapped on. I was, I was because I, was because I put him twelve. I was ready to put that to bed. Too. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. I, I, I'm not because no, you weren't. No, because leading into no, because leading into the season, how many, how many rankings have we seen of quarterbacks leading up into the season post our our episode? Every single one of them has Drew I'm Brees sure in the Brees top five. Is, Brees top is up five. There. Not, not, not top ten. Top five. But let's move on. We've got a, we've got some, we've got, a, we've got a, a conference to predict. Exactly. So we're going to take a little break now. Then we're going to give our NFC playoff picture as we see it, and then we're going to uh, give a little preview of what Week One is going to look like in the rest of the season with the Left Coasters Podcast. Thank you for listening to our breakdown, guys. Good job, both of you. Even though you didn't really do too well. No, oh, the game's loaded. Hey, a win is a win is a win is a win. Left Coasters. And welcome back, Left Coasters. We're going to outro this fast because we know we've gone long talking about these NFC teams. That's what happens when Dangles and Brian are wrong, and I'm right. I have to prove that I'm right. But thank you for listening. We are the Left Coasters Podcast. You can find us at www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, the Left Coasters Podcast. We're on Instagram, the Left Coasters Podcast. And we're on Twitter, at Left Coasters Pod. Uh, next week is going to be a lot of fun because we're coming at you on Tuesday, the Tuesday after Labor Day, with our official week one podcast heading into the season. After that, we will be hitting you every Thursday morning before the Thursday night game every week from now until the Super Bowl. It's going to be a blast. But in that week one episode, we're going to give you our Super Bowl predictions, our playoff predictions. We're going to have guests coming in to give their predictions from what they see from the Super Bowl. And we're going to give you our picks for week one because Brian will be defending his regular season Pick'em Championship. You're back at zero, buddy, next week. You got one more week to wear that crown, and then I'm stealing it off your head. So congratulations. We'll see what you got. So before we leave, though, we did the AFC playoff picture last year based on our Mary Fuck Kill predictions. Now we're doing the NFC playoff picture, and then we'll attack it when we hit the Week 1 podcast. To start off, who are your one and two seeds, Brian? The Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. You have Green Bay at your one? I do. Thanks, man. Dangles. Uh, my number one seed is the Atlanta Falcons, and on the weakness of their schedule, my number two seed is the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, Seattle. Uh, three and four, your other division winners. Seattle and Dallas. Uh, I have Green Bay at the three seed and the Giants at the four seed. Oh, I didn't say mine. I'm sorry. One for me is Green Bay. Two for me is Dallas. Three for me is Carolina. Four for me is Arizona. Wild cards. Whoa. Wild card. I told you, I'm marrying Arizona. All righty. I have the Carolina Panthers, and six is the New York Giants. <sighs> Fuck the Giants. My five seed is the Dallas Cowboys, and my sixth seed is the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Wow. Did and- we get the same? You're the same? We're the same. Wow. Well, you're both wrong because the five seed is going to be Atlanta and the six seed is going to be Seattle. The Giants, I'm sorry, Alche, do not make the playoffs. Uh, That's all she wrote, folks. So let's see you next week, the Tuesday after Labor Day. We will be there to break down week one of the NFL season. We're here. here. We're in the regular season. Wrap it up. So much waiting. So much waiting. Oh, I can't wait. host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. 
The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 